What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of the Blacksburg Buzz. Got a special guest for you all today, Colby Crawford with 24-7 Sports. Colby, how you doing? Doing good, Kyle. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, looking forward to it. You know, this is a cool podcast you started up. So, yeah, looking forward to talking some hoops today. Yeah, for sure. So, today we're going to be covering a couple of things. We're just going to be talking about a little bit of Colby's time with 24-7 Sports. We're going to be talking some recruits we've got two coming in right now for the 2024 season the 2024 recruiting class and then we're just going to talk a little bit about the men's season is there a path to the tournament and what we think that might look like so let's jump right in colby give us a little bit about what you've been doing with 24 7 sports yeah i mean it's kind of crazy uh we're obviously both in the sports media program working uh over there at 3304, so that's pretty cool. But the opportunity arose last, what was it, I guess last spring now, to uh, start working over there with VT Scoop and 24-7. It's kind of been great. I kind of got – didn't really know what I was doing at first, so I'm being very honest, but um, kind of got through to the fire. But now we're just in the swing of things, doing football, basketball, recruiting, talking to people. Um, it's been good. It's just been a really cool experience, and – I don't know. I mean, the transfer portal, just everything about it's been great. So love the writing, the video aspect, and hopefully going to have some cool stuff coming out here soon with it. Yeah, dude. I mean, your stuff's been awesome. What do you think, like, the best person you've been able to cover has been, like, the most fun for you? Yeah. Um, there's so many. I don't – like, we I, we have, like, the Inside the Tunnel podcast, which is cool, and I've been able to be on a couple of those with Chance Wiggins and Tyler Nickel and Brandon Recksteiner and or even when you do like a feature piece on someone like I got to interview APR Antoine Powell Ryland. It's when you get to talk to these people one on one and they see you after the fact you either at practice or post game press conferences. It's just the bond you start to build. So I don't know if it's anyone. Everyone I've dealt with has been super cool and gracious with their time. So it's just getting to know these people and showing people like, hey, these are people too. And, and so are we just getting to kind of get their story inside out there, which is a uh, really cool. Do you feel like it's been interesting at all? Like being a student working on the recruiting side and dealing so much with them and, you know, going and talking to say like a high school kid that's maybe coming to tech next year and being like, I'm only, you know, two, three years older than you. Yeah, it's definitely different. I think it, I think it's kind of an advantage almost because you see a lot of these people, I mean, obviously they're older. This is like their main profession. Like uh, obviously 24-7 sports is like a massive recruiting database and a lot of the pretty much, well, all the national like recruiters and scouts are obviously grown people. So it's definitely interesting and a different experience when they have someone who's only 19 year old, like 19 years old, like, like a couple years removed from them hitting them up. So I haven't really talked about it with anyone, but I guess it is a change of pace when it's like, look, I'm a student too. Like I'm going through the same thing and I guess it's cool. It's definitely a different aspect though, because I feel like you can relate because you're in that same kind of sphere. I was just in high school a couple of years ago, obviously not getting recruited at the level that um these people are, but still, I think it's just cool to be able to relate with them. Yeah. So speaking on recruiting, let's, talk a little bit about those two guys coming from the 2024 class we've got ryan jones and we got tyler johnson both out of florida brian yeah. jones first of all 
he's one of the best recruits Tech has ever received. Four stars. He was sitting at, I think it was 23rd in his class at one point, but he got hurt and he fell a little bit. So what have you been able to do with Ryan and see from him? Yeah, Ryan, I mean, just a great player. He's the fourth highest recruit ever to come to Tech. And I think the number, he was up to, he was 18th in the class when the rankings dropped initially. He was he had a 96th grade, so which is pretty crazy. He's still the fourth highest recruit ever. Um, 6'10", 6'11", big guy, big, strong, good frame, big shoulders. Uh, he, he's a bruiser down there too. I mean, he he fights for rebounds, defensive intensity, but smooth shot. He really can do it all. It's uh, yeah, I don't really might like making comparisons, but I think one of the biggest things about Ryan that is going to be advantageous for the squad is Justin Mutz was a great facilitator down low. On the block, he could pass out of the low post, run offense from the elbow. And I, Ryan, he has great hands, great footwork, and is a great underrated distributor. So I think having that five or swing four kind of guy that can distribute out of the block in the elbow, low post, and initiate the offense is great. But he's also a guy who can go find his own shot, work out in the post. Smooth jump shot, like I said, uh, like a above average three point shooter. So I, I think he has the potential to be really good, really good for this Virginia Tech team. But you mentioned that knee injury. How's he going to come into camp? Uh, haven't really heard much out of him from the out of the Rock School this season in Gainesville. So um, we'll see. But like you said, top rated prospect, great pickup for Coach Young and the staff. He has a great relationship with the uh, assistant coach Kevin Giltner. And uh, right, I mean, great athlete, but even a better person off the off the court, at least in my dealing. So, it'll be very exciting, and I, I think the fans will be pleased to see him up in Blacksburg next fall. Yeah, you mentioned how he was gonna. You think he's gonna fit in really well with the Mike Young system? I think his shooting is really gonna be that beneficial piece. Just we know how Mike Young loves to have shooters surrounding the perimeter, and that's really one of the things that makes the current team tick is their three-point shooting just having all of those weapons around yeah and um i mean I, a big component to that mike young offense did like he in the past i remember like 2019 like big component of a lot of those squads was five out they were running five out offenses with guys all around the perimeter and next year or whenever with what's coming back i, I think you could realistically run some of those lineups with you got b rock you got tyler nickel obviously Ryan Jones can lace it. Jaden Young with the way he's playing. I mean, you you really just had the freedom to do a lot of different things. But what makes him so good, I think, is that versatility. He he can step out and shoot it. He can guard the wing. He can guard down low. I mean, he can really guard two through five, three through five. He moves well for his size. I so I mean, like you said, in that shooting, it's a real smooth stroke, and I think it'll. I think it'll translate well to the college game. So I I did see one thing that mentioned he would probably fit in well where kind of the gap from Grant Bazilli, uh, he would kind of fit in well in that sort of aspect. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's an accurate comparison to some extent? Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. I mean, Grant was a guy who could come in, guard the perimeter, he was kind of forced to guard down low, 
which for his size he had to, but sometimes he kind of got exposed on the defensive end there. But he was a guy, I mean, there towards the end, he was giving you 20 and 10 every night on 40% from the three-point line. And uh, I, I think that that's exactly where Ryan could be at that level. I mean, at that level, he's a – they're about the same height, 6'10", 6'11". They both have great frames but can move. I mean, Grant was nimble as all get out, and I think Ryan can be. It's just – I think it'll be big to get him up here this summer, get him in the weight room condition, back healthy. I think that's really the biggest thing, especially with these uh, high school guys, is getting to campus, getting acclimated, getting ready to go. But, I mean, he has, like, a frame. He, he's had that frame since he was 16. That's why he was rated so high in, in USA basketball. He On the U16, U18 team, he, his frame is just insane, and, and it's been like that. So he, he has a college-ready body to go, and um, – uh, yeah, I, th- I think he could easily slip into that stretch four or five role with Grant Basile, but I think he also has the plus side of being a, an elite passer, so mm-hmm. maybe even another dimension to that game. Yeah, it's going to be really fun having him here. And then we've also got Tyler Johnson coming in, small forward from Orlando, uh, three-star. I think I saw he was he had an 88 overall ranking by you guys in the composite. What have you seen out of Tyler? Yeah, Coach Webster was actually um, – Obviously, Virginia Tech in the drubbing of UVA on Monday night, beat him by 34. Coach Webster hit the road yesterday and was in at Oak Ridge in Orlando to go see Tyler Johnson and his teammate. So funny enough, I, I think Tyler, like, great at 88. I know in the composite he's like 200, 230th or something, but mm-hmm. I mean, just an elite player. And I people like to draw the comparison between MJ Collins and Jaden Young and how they're similar. I think Tyler Johnson has that, but he's got more size. He's 6'5". He's super athletic, can jump out of the gym, great shooter. And he he really wasn't on the, the coach's radar. He had a – the biggest thing was he got offered after um the Peach Jam EYBL. He, like, he was playing for the Florida Rebels, I think, and he was averaging like nine points, five rebounds or something. But he had a great Peach Jam this summer, and – in Peach Jam, I think he was going average like 12 points, five rebounds, two steals, 1.8 assists, and he got on the all-breakout team there. And that was what really got him noticed because he had a great summer there. He had like the clip going viral of him throwing it off the backboard and dunking it himself. He, I mean, he's guarding some of the top guys in the country there. And I think that's the biggest thing about him was just intensity. He's, his motor, is, I think that's what jumps off the page because – um. Oak Ridge is a great team, right? They're their first ranked team in 7A down in Florida right now. I think they only have two losses to two prep schools. Um, last year he he was averaging like 17 and nine. I think he's up to like 19 and 10 this year for I mean a, a great school. He's playing along Jameer Johnson, who's a, a top rated recruit in the class of 2025. They've got a great team down there and his motor, his size. His shooting upticked at Peach Jam. I think he was shooting like only 24% from three-point line. Granted, in not many attempts. He shot 50%, but it was just one tournament. So it's an aspect to his game that seems to be a bit flashy, but he can he can lace it out there. Three-level scorer, great jump shot, can drive to the paint and get his own basket. But the defensive intensity, I think, is what really sticks off because he's efficient but also gives his motor on the defensive end for all 40 minutes. Yeah, when you mention how, you know, he has his days where he's just crazy at three, he's a real slasher, and that defensive side, it really does make you think exactly like MJ Collins. That's 
you know, when you describe MJ Collins, those are probably the three things that come to mind first. And he's yeah. been fantastic for Tech so far. Yeah, but he, he's a little bit bigger. He's listed at 6'5". He's really probably 6'6". Six, six, so he can guard. I know MJ is usually stuck to maybe that two guy on the other guy, maybe a three guy depending on the size. But I think Tyler still – I think his, his body is ready. His frame is ready for mm-hmm. the next level. But he's definitely going to fill out when he gets here, gets on the college meal plan, get in, gets in the weight room, gets on the program. So I really think he can maybe even guard – it like if needed, if they want to run small, maybe even up to the four because he's still growing. But I, I think, like you said, very similar skill sets between those two, and I, I think a very underrated pickup that's going to surprise a lot of people next year. Yeah, I really think that you know Tyler Johnson, he has a lot higher ceiling than maybe what shows up when you're looking at all of his recruiting things. You don't really see the potential there all the time with just those pure stats but you know watching him play and seeing you know just the aspects of his game I think he could really take a huge jump up in college once he gets a little experience under his belt yeah 100 percent. I'm very high on him the coaching staff's very high on him as I mean to go all the way from Blacksburg Virginia one day after beating your rival to go they won by 25 last night I think and I forget how many points he had, but obviously it was a good game. So Coach Webster's really involved and high on him. So I'm glad they got him in the boat. And I, I think it'll be exciting to see what he does here in Blacksburg. Yeah, and that doesn't even speak on his commitment. I mean, he, from the beginning of the recruiting process at Tech to when he signed, was almost no time at all. He made a visit, and his decision was four days later. Like, you can tell that he's – really into this team he didn't want to wait around 100 percent, and that's what i said it the whole process was sped along i i peach jam i think was at the end of july sometime in july so the i mean the hoagies really weren't on him early mm-hmm. but after they like it's crazy how nowadays you can have one viral clip one great tournament catch coach's eye because i mean you know, now in a day and age where everyone gets ratings and stars and everything, there's still those guys who slip through the cracks. There's players who you, you're not invested in, you don't know, and they, they go they go off and show you one thing, and then you get an offer. And then a, a couple of weeks later, you're on campus. Four days later, you're committing. A month later, you're signed. It's Things move quick. So it's pretty crazy and cool with him. But, it's I mean, really now, like one tournament, one game, one viral clip can change your whole – recruiting process or college journey so yeah really crazy how all that happened just in that one peach jam tournament so two really solid uh recruits coming in for tech from the 2024 class looking forward to having them here but moving back to the team this year they've there's been a lot of highs and lows this season we've seen you know the highs of beating uh iowa state but the lows of, you know, losing your Notre Dame and then coming back and just dominating UVA. Is that kind of what you expected from this year? Uh, I don't know if much of what happened this year is expected. When you start the preseason and the writing wasn't on the wall, but there at the end, <clears throat> just the way the situation with Rodney deteriorated, you obviously lose – a big massive component of the team 
So you're playing without a scholarship, playing with your kind of hands tied behind your bag. Now this team still has talent, but just when a couple things go the wrong way, you're expecting and going off with a couple things. It, it, it throws you for a loop just realistically. But um, I I think you're, we're sitting probably right about where most of the media and I thought I, I predicted obviously a little higher. I think I was at 21 and 10 and 12 and eight in conference play. Now, if they run the table, I think they finished 20 and 11 and 11 and nine. So is my prediction looking realistic? No, probably. But I think most media outlets before the season had the Hokies sitting about six to ninth in the ACC. And I, I think that's probably where they're going to finish, where they're going to finish up realistically. Mm-hmm. When you see them play, those games, like you mentioned, against Iowa State and Virginia, they they are realistically one of the best teams in the country. It's just the issue with consistently putting that product on the floor. The Notre Dame game on the road, the Miami game on the road, you're up 10. Florida State on the road, you come out flat. It's just how do you control the controllables there and just stay on the runs and play consistent ball together? And sh- I don't know. I think it really stems from the defensive end last year. Hunter goes down for those games, and you see the defensive issues, and, and that's what really drove Mike Young up a wall. Big emphasis this offseason. And I think the defense, when you play their defenses up in the SP-plus rankings, they beat Iowa State, one of the best teams, if not the best defensive efficiency teams in the country. Top 10 in Ken Palm. You beat UVA very handedly, one of the best teams' defensive efficiency I think this team can really defend. They can lace it. And everyone likes to say they live and die by the three. But I think there's a a lot of other things in there that kind of affect it. And then Mike Young in his press conference the other day, it's not like he was – the way he was trying to just find, like, it's been so confusing. He's been ripping his hair out. Why can't we play like that all the time? Because he's like – I think he just knows that this team is capable of playing at that level. And he just doesn't – he's just searching for the reason to – get that product on the floor consistently so like you said i mean still a lot of a lot of games left and a lot can happen as we know but it'll be interesting to see how these last five pan out here yeah they've just the highs and lows have been crazy at home they're almost unstoppable but the second the Hokies go on the road it's like a new team steps out on the floor they've only won was it one or two home games or one or two away games this year? They've struggled outside of, you know, the electric arena that is Castle Coliseum, which we saw in its A-plus tier last week against UVA. But when they go on the road in those hostile environments, they've just really struggled, especially in that second half, like we saw with Miami like we saw with Notre Dame, the shooting just wasn't there. You can't undersell the environment of Castle enough. Only only two losses to a great Duke team, which I think you would still like to have that game back in a Miami game that's now – well, that yeah, that Miami game is now quad three because they fell out of 75 in the net. That's a game that you definitely would want back inside Castle, but you can't undersell that environment. It's incredible it lifts this team. They play great in front of the home fans. But you mentioned the, the away teams coming out a little flat which you can, kind of can control. And I, I know Coach Young and the staff hates to see that. And then also finishing down the stretch. Now, a lot of that, Sean Padula having to play 38 minutes in those games. On the road, you're traveling. 
a lot of those guys, guys just not really getting the rotations. You're tired. You And then when the crowd's against you, you're not getting that extra boost. You're not getting that extra adrenaline pushing you through down the final stretch. So it's hard, but there's definitely a couple of those road games that you look at and you're like, man, if we could have snagged that one or this one, we're looking at it a little bit different. But the cards have been dealt like they are, so just try and make the most of what is now. Yeah, those Padula minutes, it seems like over the last couple games, they've really added up. He's struggled a little bit more shooting, but at the same time, can you really blame him? He's spending almost every minute on the floor, and Padula's the guy running the offense. He's the guy always in motion, hustling everywhere, and that just wears you down after a while. Yeah, he he had a nice bounce-back game against UVA. I, I know it maybe didn't show up in the point section of the box score efficiency, but he was really running that offense. Like, and coach Young said it after the fact, I mean, limited the turnovers, ran the offense very efficiently, big reason they won that game. And maybe it was, didn't show in the points, but he did a lot of things to win. And really the emergence of MJ Collins as a primary, primary ball handler. I was talking to coach Young post game one, and it's a double fist with him and Hunter. That's the set they run when, MJ's taking it up the court, and he, I think really in the last two to three games, he's gained a ton of confidence and loves the looks he gets when MJ's running it. Because even when Sean was in the game against UVA, there was a lot of times they were running off-ball action for him with MJ taking it up. And in that UNC game, Sean Padula didn't play the last eight and a half minutes. MJ Collins was solely playing point guard. So I think it's really interesting to see that evolution. And it's also interesting because when uh, Virginia Tech went on that 20-0 run, Against UVA, yeah, yeah. who was the point guard? It was MJ Collins who was running the show through that. So it's definitely a, a evolving ro- roster rotation thing that's come up, popped up here late. So it's interesting to see because MJ, MJ Collins played a point guard in high school. He's really a combo guard, can do it. So it's interesting now to see Coach Young kind of work actions off of that set and try and give Sean different looks off the ball. So just utilizing his weapons yeah you're totally right like mj he's grown so much this year watching the first couple games you got a little bit worried about him for this season just because he seemed almost afraid to have the ball on his hands he was he didn't have the confidence that some of those games last year you saw him build it up and you went wow mj collins can really be a talented player at tech and then the beginning of the year he struggled a little bit he wasn't shooting as well he just got into a slump but he worked his way out of it and now you see this just uber confident mj collins he's running the point sometimes he's playing a fantastic two slot when he's in he's been all over and he's a nightmare on defense too so just the growth for him has been incredible to watch yeah, 18 points at UVA. He he had a, I mean, excuse me, at UNC on Saturday. He had a great game there. I, I think that was big for his confidence. He went seven to 15, uh, three assists, three rebounds. He had five assists and five rebounds against UVA just on Monday. So I think just building his confidence, he knows he's a good shooter. It's just, I think a lot of it's shot selection and just working that in. But I mean, he's a great player and this team's going to need him. And he, like, he's going to have a massive role in the coming years. So. I think it's good to see him getting evolved in his duties on the, the roster. 
Yeah, him and him and Nickel, I think, have been mm-hmm. they're gonna be two really focal points for the next few years since you know we're losing Couture, which is gonna be a huge hit, especially with the shooting. But you know, having Nickel and MJ and them growing on the offensive end and the defensive end, I think is gonna be a really big thing for the next couple of years to come. Yeah, and also, I mean, I can't rave enough about Tyler Nickel, and I'm about to get into that, but MJ Collins, too. Like you said, I didn't even touch on his defensive game there. It's really – I mean, we know Hunter Couture's prowess on defending the perimeter and their best player, but MJ Collins can really slide into that role, take away the best guard on the other team, which is going to be massive, and he's really played well defensively. And now Tyler Nickel – Tyler Nickel's a great player, and I think he's going to be a great player in this program when he's all said and done. But um, like you said, the biggest question mark with him coming in was defensive ability. And he, I think he's seen the biggest improvement. And I think that's make this coaching half so happy because you can really see how he's improved. He gives so much effort on the defensive end. I mean, for his size, he's 6'7". He's getting asked to sometimes guard the four, having to guard a three, guard a shifty two. And he's really moving his feet well, active hands. The other day uh, at UNC, he has career high three blocks. I mean – against his former team. He's really showing his defensive tenacity. And then what else can you say? He's a dead-eye shooter. Uh, 13 points at UNC, 14 points at UVA. I mean, he's shooting the three ball at over a 40% clip. Uh, He's just – he's doing a lot of really nice things, slashing, big-time dunk, I mean, against UVA, Uh, just scoring, distributing. I think he had – he had six assists, his career high in assists at uh, UVA, too, just on Monday. So – He's impacting the game from so many different levels and, and just seeing how this team is evolving and a lot of guys who are making steps here down, down the stretch. It's, it's really promising. And I, I know there's a couple of bad losses in there saying he point to like this and that, but it, it's nice to see the promising and the development of the roster, the roster here down the stretch. Yeah. It really does show that even if things don't work out this year over the coming years, you can see where, there are ways to improve and there are paths to more success than previously. But what do we think the path here to success is this year? If there is one, do you think there's one? I do. Yeah, I guess I'll go first. And then you could say, say your piece. It's uh, I'm known for being sort of the blind optimist and almost being too positive at times. Like I said, my preseason prediction was 20 21 and 10 and 12 and eight in the ACC. So I, that's where I was at. And even in football season, I, I, I was on the train and it kind of came around. But when we were one and three, I thought we were going to beat Pitt. And no one thought we were going to beat Pitt that next weekend. And it was like, I'm always the optimist. And I, I think this team could realistically win out. And if they, and even if they do win out, I, it's just hard for me. Because even a couple of years ago, when, we, when the Virginia Tech was on that bubble going into the ACC tournament, I don't think if they don't win the the championship game, they make it. And you just you don't want to leave it up to the committee there. I know eleven losses and a couple wins in DC would look nice. Big win over Iowa State, but if Miami doesn't keep winning, you got that quad three loss, which really hurts. It's just a couple little things that you look back, you're like, oh, if we could just have that back. So I think realistically, the only chance this team gets in is that they have another magical run up in DC. Do I think it's possible for them to win out the last five games and make a, a deep run in the ACC tournament? I do. Will that convince the committee? I, I'm not really convinced of it because the committee's shown year over year. You hear all these media outlets. 
oh, well, if they do a little bit in the ACC tournament, if they do a little bit in the Big Ten tournament, then they're going to have to think. But they really don't value those early games in the, the tournaments as I think they should, but it just doesn't seem like they do. So I think they're going to have to just take control of their own destiny and win it. Now, you bring your counterpoint up and I'll, I'll hear you. Now, I agree with you for the most part. Obviously, winning the tournament for the ACC is the only lock to get in to March Madness. But I would say there's a shot. There's a shot. You're going to be on the bubble either way, I think, even if you win out and, you know, maybe you win two games in the ACC tourney. I think there's a shot, but you're going to be on the bubble for sure. I love what you said. Don't leave it up to the committee. Obviously, that's best case scenario. You don't want to have your fate in someone else's hands. But I would say there's a chance, at least. I don't feel confident in saying it's a great one. I would say maybe it's an okay chance. But there is a chance. And, you know, not what you want. But that's kind of what you're playing with here is the way I see it. And like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. <laughs> it is. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, in 2022, we weren't expecting an ACC championship, were we? Mm-hmm. But No, not at all. Here so, I we mean, are. So, I think the biggest thing is getting that first one at, uh, at up at Pitt this weekend. Pitt's a really good team going on the road. And like you said, you're gonna, if you are going to run the table, you're going to have to take it one at a time. But – now, that Pitt team I, I looked really good behind Hinson and them. I'm playing great ball, but then last night they got ran out of the gym at Wake Forest, just absolutely ran out of the gym. I think they lost by 30 or, or some wild margin last night. Yeah, 91 to 58, just a crazy margin down in Winston-Salem. To a great Pitt team who I think that was only their ninth loss. Yeah, that was only their ninth loss. So a Pitt team – that is still right in the mix as well. I mean, the ACC, you can throw a blanket over like four through 10. A lot of those teams are right there, just like right cuddled up right next to each other. So these last five are going to be big, but I think you're going to have to go up and play in a, a pit environment, man. They, they pack that place out. It gets loud. So you're going to have to come out. can't come out flat. You have to close down the stretch to a good team. Yeah, it's not where you want to be ideally at this point, but – it isn't too far from what anyone expected. Tech is one of those teams that we kind of hang around the bubble most of the time. We're we're not a blue blood, and, you know, that's just a fact. But going on the road and playing Pitt, it is, it's a little worrying just with Pitt being a really solid team and the Hokies just struggling on the road. So we're really going to have to see how this plays out. And like you said, one at a time. Yeah. If you don't win the first one, does it really matter if you don't win the second? I mean, four and five out of the last couple, I don't think that's going to do it. Uh, I, I, I think I the think mindset, I agree with you, but I, I still think the mindset in that locker room is that can they can win every game and every night they play, and they showed that beating a good UVA team by 34. So I think they're going to try and win out every – obviously they're going to try and yeah, fight I for mean, every game. But at the same time, I think they have an exuberant amount of confidence going up to D.C. with their backs against the wall known. I mean, this this team's scrappy, and I, they're very together, I believe. So I think they're ready to do whatever it takes here. But, I mean, going back to Pitt this weekend, if we, just a quick preview, Blake Henson, he's probably 
set for first team all ACC honors. I mean, 18.2 points per game. I mean, well, whatever. I think he's hovering around 19 and like five rebounds. I know he's shooting the three point ball, being a big forward at like 42% clip, which is insane. I, I really think he could be. I mean, I think he has all the intangibles to go play at the next level if he wants to. And I don't see how he doesn't make first team all ACC. Yeah, going to be a really tough one coming up and then just a tough stretch to finish out. Well, just want to thank you for joining me, Colby. It's been great talking to you. Look forward to seeing you at the next couple of tech games. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Hopefully we'll ha- have some fun here down the stretch and uh, see what happens out here in the tournament. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, man, and look forward to seeing you next time. Yep, see ya. See ya.